Hi, I'm Sabrina Petrofessa. And I'm Lily Rugo. And this is Earth's Mightiest Fangirls. Um, today we're talking about tropes. Because we love them. They're fun. Done well, or even done really badly, one or the other, it's a good time, you know? You know, we're specifically kind of talking about, like, ship-type tropes today, so like... Mm -hmm. What what kind of tropes do you like when you see two people falling in love? Yeah. But also first, I feel like recently there's been this weird uptick in people, critics, and generally just like hating that tropes exist. Mm-hmm. And I don't get it. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I know in theory what a trope is. So then after we discuss this episode, it's like I'm gonna actually look up the dictionary definition, which I did again. And it's just like, it's a cliche. It's a a reoccurring theme, a motif. And for the most part, I don't mind them. I think they're they're familiar and I smile when I recognize them. Um, When people are really adventurous and break them in cool ways, that's also neat. But I've seen too many people like try too hard to not fall into tropes and then they just end up with bad product well i think generally um tropes are like what you need to make your story identifiable as what it is especially if you're making Mm. a specific genre you know like rom-coms or romantic relationships have specific tropes because if you know these two characters are going to fall in love you it's the journey at that point you want to watch them on the journey versus like we all know the destination yeah so like rom-coms is a good thing like i i know i mentioned happiest season in the last uh episode too but i'm bringing it up again it's like a christmas themed rom-com and those are also Mm. hyper specific Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like those are such hyper specific movies that the tropes that come along with them are things that just if they're not there, they don't feel like you're watching a Christmas mm-hmm. rom-com or just a mm-hmm. rom-com in general. Or, like, imagine if you went to We Are Earth's Mightiest Fangirls. We are a comic book podcast kind of, like, comic book movie podcast. Mm-hmm. Imagine if we, you went to the newest Avengers MCU DC movie, whatever, and there's not a single fight scene. <laughs> Would you call a fight scene a trope? I think there's a formula to a fight scene that makes it a trope. Like, I call it the Teen Titans rule of first they lose, they meet the the enemy, and first they lose, then they have to boost morale, and then they fight again and win. I think that's the trope. And you see that in, in, um, in a lot of the Marvel movies. I think probably every Marvel movie. So I think that is the trope, not the the fight scene itself. Yeah. And I, I genuinely think that, like, the trope, like you said before, is the formula Mm-hmm. But the elements that add up to that formula are not always the same. Like, yeah. So, I, I mean, like, two plus two is four is a formula, but if you do six plus six, it equals 12. Like, mm-hmm. the the end result is sort of the same, but the journey is different. Like, you have yeah. ways to go about it so that you're not, like, repeating something over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I've um, mentioned before the, uh, the Omegaverse lawsuit. That was happening recently. (laughs) And part of it was that, like, um, it was like a copyright lawsuit that people were Mm. saying that, like, the person doing the lawsuit was like, hey, like, these people are copying my work. Mm -hmm. But, like, more often than not, from what I've, like, done the research on and, like, videos that I've seen and stuff is, like, they're really just following the tropes of the genre. Right. 
And that's not copyright. It's just like if you have this kind of thing happening, then, you know, it's just going to happen. Like, it's just Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like there are going to be similar elements to it all the time. Yeah. And I think that that was actually a genre criticism of Wonder Woman 84, too. What, it was too tropey? It was kind of tropey that it like fell into a lot of the tropes and didn't really do anything with them, you know? I think that's uh, the biggest criticism, or like the valid criticism, is when you follow these tropes and you either don't lean into it to make a good comedy, kind of like to have fun with the tropes, or you just don't do anything with them. Yeah. So anyway, uh, basically, tropes are not always a bad thing. It's just how you start them or finish them or whatever. Like, that's just... Mm -hmm. A trope is a storytelling device. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They exist for a reason, and there are popular ones for a reason. Yeah. So I feel like people need to be less mad that tropes exist. <laughs> yeah, I mean, storytelling is not, there's nothing new under the sun. They're like, think these things are going to happen. It's just what you do with them that makes them new or refreshing. And also, again, I don't know, as we're about to talk about, when you spot your favorite trope, you're just like, yes, let's go. I know yeah. exactly what's about to happen, but surprise me. I'm in. Yeah, exactly. Honestly, so when Lily, like, started saying we should do a trope episode, I was like, oh, God. The, like, because in my head, mm-hmm. the only tropes I think about are fanfic tropes. How are, how are those different than normal normal plot device They're ones? not different at all. <laughs> okay. It's just that, like, I feel like I don't go into um, my mainstream media, like, TV shows and movies mm. and books and uh, a little bit books. Um, mm-hmm. And like actively think, does this thing have the trope that I'm looking for? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because fan fiction is so catered and so um, religiously tagged to basically mm. tell you what's about to happen. That makes sense. That like... I, like, know exactly what tropes that I like in fan fiction, and I know how to find them, and Mm. I know what I'm about to read before I'm going to read it. And even though I know that, I still Mm -hmm. read it because (laughs) I want to watch these two idiots fall in love again. Yeah, I'm the same way um, with anime. I think anime is probably the most trope-addled media I consume, but it's also how I know what shows I want to watch. It's... What I, I know exactly what I'm signing up for. Yeah, I just, like, feel like when I'm watching TV or movies, I think more about genre than I think about mm. tropes. But when I'm mm-hmm. reading fan fiction, I'm thinking about tropes hmm. before I think about genre. That makes sense. Like, for example, one of the most beloved tropes of fan fiction is there's only one bed. I saw one post of just, like, invert your favorite tropes, and one person was like, there's too many beds. <laughs> I love that. Well, because this is, this is like, you're going to find this trope in every single, like, fan fiction ship ever. Like, mm. it's not going to be in every single fic ever, but there's, you're, if you have a ship... Mm-hmm. I don't care how obscure it is. Look it up <laughs> on AO3 or fanfiction and just 
search. There was only one bed. <laughs> and you're going to find a fic for them. Hmm. Why, because, why is this your favorite? Okay. Or one of your favorites? Because the angst is, it all, it kind of plays in also to like friends to lovers or enemies to lovers where mm. like, I don't know where, what happens, how they get to a hotel or how they get to this situation <laughs> where there's only one bed, but they go, they check in, there's only one bed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What are they gonna do? So sometimes it starts off with like the first night one of them sleeps on the floor because it's like, no, I don't want to make you uncomfortable, blah, 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 mm-hmm, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the second night it's like, oh, this is ridiculous. The bed is so huge. Like it's not really that big of a deal. And then they sleep in the yeah. same bed. And then it's the, like, it's like the morning after where they've gravitated to each other <laughs> and they're like cuddling and they, they didn't Aww. realize that they did this in the middle of the night. And then they wake mm-hmm. up and they're like, they, they, like, feel the perfection of the moment, and they look into each other's eyes, and they're like, oh, like, oh my gosh. And then they're like, oh, no, 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 no. And then they freak out, and they get up. And right. Like, you know? Like, it's yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the angst of the moment where there's an almost, mm. and then it gets taken away. <laughs> but then they still have to sleep in the room with the one bed. Right. Right, 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 right. So that is... um why i think that trope specifically is so pervasive that makes sense okay for me as an asexual person that trope totally just goes over my head i don't understand the problem of just like is really is one bed really gonna do it for you like is that really the crux of everything like i've shared beds with plenty of people nothing's happened i never understood that there's only one bed problem so so usually, are you just animals so usually at this point in the story especially if you're reading a longer fic um it is established that there is legit sexual tension between there's the tension two of them. okay okay it's not like the story starts off well i don't know Maybe i mean does, sometimes if like... it's a one shot it will be but usually there's mm-hmm. like a like a you can still tell that there's tension between the two of them you know okay that makes sense there's always tension, always. Right. Sexual or otherwise. And when they're <laughs> in the bed, things happen. Okay, okay. My favorite, I think, because I was also thinking like most of mine come from anime and Asian dramas, but my favorite one, I think, all time for romantic pairs is the You Were There the Whole Time. It's the, Oh, that one's good. It's the mix of like childhood best friends falling in love eventually to also the like... The new character, it's like friends to lovers, but like longer term, not the full like takes off the glasses and suddenly I realize you're a person, but like the like, you know, the feeling of you've been there the whole time. It's everything I was looking for was right in front of me. No, um, that's totally That one valid. for me, the epitome of that one for anime for me is uh, Oren High School Host Club, which they did just meet, but he, the boy, Tamaki, was like... I don't know what I'm looking for. I'm never happy. And there's lots of other things. And then by the end of it, he was like, oh, it was there right in front of me. And it, get, it gets me. It gets me every time. So honestly, the only thing, thing that I'm thinking about right now is like how this happened. That happens a lot in long running TV shows mm-hmm. all the time. Like yeah. I just finished binging New Girl, which apparently I had watched the entirety of except the last season, <laughs> but it was just purged from my memory. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it would get to milestones and I'd be like, I I saw this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But regardless, um, you know, the, the, the ship, there are two kind of like ships in that one. But the, the main one is like Jess and Nick. 
Mm-hmm. And they do start dating like early on in like season three. And this happens in Friends too with Ross and Rachel is that they start dating okay. and then they break yeah. up. And then by the end of it, they end up together and it's like a, you were always there kind of situation, yeah. you know? Kind of. I, I have contention with that point. The will they, won't they drives me insane. Ross and Rachel, bad. Bad example. For me, the been there the whole time epitome, Chandler and Monica. Oh. Chandler and Monica are the best couple and friends, and they are the epitome of been there the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, they are, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the better example. That is definitely yeah, Will the they, won't example. they drives me nuts. How I Met Your Mother, Ted and Robin, oh. drove me nuts. No, no, no. The, that That is for another time. <laughs> The How I Met Your Mother discussion is for another time. Um, yeah. Um, along with the Game of Thrones discussion. <laughs> Been there the whole time is also uh, Harry and Ginny. Oh. To an extent. Yeah. Ron and Hermione is a little bit of both. I'm trying to think of other really big um, ships that follow this. Um, but yeah, uh, thinking of it specifically, it's just one that I very much enjoy. I think it's very sweet when it's executed. And then my favorite example is Oran High School Host Club. I don't know. I don't ever seek that out too often. Um, Korasami, been there the whole time. Oh, Korasami. <laughs> they definitely are. But mm-hmm. yeah, I guess I was kind of thinking of the will they, won't they type relationship mm-hmm. where I feel like that happened. That it happens so often in a lot of like long running TV shows because so much of mm-hmm. what the show is about is waiting for them to get together. Yeah, and if you make that the hinging point of your plot, then then you need to write better things. Yeah. Like, I don't <laughs> know if Rachel. anyone ever watched Castle, but that was, like, basically mm-hmm. the whole plot of Castle, and then they got together, and then they ended it after a season or two. <laughs> but also that was because the ma- one of the main characters was leaving, and the other wasn't, and it was like, well, ha- mm-hmm. they just got married. Like, how's that gonna work? Oh, bummer. So they were just like, all right, let's just end it, because it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Which is why what happened with Ross and Rachel was crazy. And they went through all these meandering things. And by the end of it, no one cared. Actually, that's not true. A lot of people cared in the moment. But they went through all these things when the strongest couple, I think, on reflection and on a rewatch, Monica and Chandler. Yes. I didn't realize I cared this much about friends. Yeah, that is, <laughs> that's that's valid. So, so another trope for me, which was something that I did not realize that I was into until recently, and I was really reflecting <laughs> on some of, like the ships that I have and like the mm-hmm. the tropes that I've read in the past. Um, bullies to lovers? Yeah, we wrote this down on our list. Please, please elaborate. Which is, I feel like, on the same thread in enemies to lovers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. This is how I'm thinking of it. Okay, so basically when I was like deep into Twilight in middle school, which not Good to start. say that I'm Good not start. still deep into Twilight, um... <laughs> I'm like 10 seconds away from making a twi talk. Um, <laughs> but I feel like I used to look up fix where Edward was like Bella's child, all human AU. Edward was mm. like Bella's childhood bully. She moved away with her, like to her mom, got mm-hmm. hot, came back to Forks <laughs> and was like, well, I'm hot now. And Edward mm-hmm. was like, damn, you know? Okay, so you like the I will show him edge to it. Sort of, because mm-hmm. I'm also, I really love Dramini, which is what I've, I've said this <laughs> in the past. <laughs> I forgot. In which 
Draco is obviously Hermione's, like, tormentor throughout all of mm-hmm, school mm-hmm. because he's a racist POS yeah. and um, is terrible and is a total bully to the mm-hmm. point that Hermione, like, punches him in the face. Actually, yeah. no, I think in the books he slaps her. She slaps him. But in the book, in the movie, in the movie she punches him, punch. which is just better. It's just yeah. better. Yeah. The punch is better. I love it. Um, however, I love Hermione. And an aspect of their yeah. relationship is always, you were my bully. I feel like, so when you, when you explain this, and to absolutely no one's surprise, I think I've mentioned this like five seconds ago, I watch a lot of Asian dramas. So when you mention this, the first thing that comes to mind is the classic wall pin of the man, <laughs> like one hand on the arm, one, sorry, one arm out leaning against a wall and the, the helpless defenseless females leaning against the wall. That's the dynamic you want ish because i don't actually (laughs) want her to be completely defenseless it's more of a like well because i think in both of these situations whenever i read it it wasn't or whenever i read like the au for twilight it wasn't Mm -hmm. like bella was like totally a you know left to the side a kind of thing or she like she had the her own power in her own way and she like used Mm. it and hermione i would never call defenseless in a million years right 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 she did in fact punch draco malfoy in three years <laughs> so just... like <laughs> excuse yeah, me um that makes sense but i think i think maybe it's like the growth of the men okay like okay. yeah not necessarily about the dynamic but the growth of the men in the situation where they're like mm-hmm. wait actually i was a really terrible person and like we mm-hmm. actually like finally like seeing the value in the person that they mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. interested in possibly i don't know it's just can i interest you in the entirety of korean dramas (laughs) because that is what hinges on like 80 percent of them listen the only time i've watched a k-drama was with you and i think joyce and melissa in oh the alien one you who came from the stars i just know if it was in colonial it was i can hear your voice sorry this is important to me i just remember (laughs) the like the mind reader one of them was a mind reader i think i can hear your voice yeah and it was wild i don't i don't think i can eat i'm not a big fan of the um soap opera element of it Mm. which i feel like is deep within all of them it is um it's k-dramas have their own very specific tropes that they play with and work around and also super lean into um like any genre yeah but you you it's just one yeah it's one of those things that whenever you set out to watch a certain thing in a certain genre you know what you're signing up for um i think if you found the right one i've said the same thing about anime and i've been disproven you would go ham for some (laughs) k-dramas i think you enjoy it (laughs) yeah Um... this is my next mission I don't know. I also just also generally think that the bullying to lovers also like stems from enemies to lovers. Like they are, mm-hmm. they like have an intense hatred for each other. Mm-hmm. And like that just grows into something else. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know? I feel that. I think, I think maybe it's just an element of my love for enemies to lovers. That makes sense. I can see that. In a more like... Depending on the setting, because I was thinking school, of course, like high school. Yeah, but I like feel... in a heart less, not as much stakes yeah. as enemies to lovers. 
I mean, like, bullying is really terrible and awful, and it should not be a thing that, like, people do. Um, But this is fiction and fan fiction, so, like, who's really getting hurt here? That's the other thing about a lot of these rom-com tropes. If I saw it, this relationship developing with either myself or someone I cared about, I'd be like, no! No. But watching fictional people go through it, grand old time. And I will say that Enemies to Lovers, I've never liked it in mainstream media. Let's let's just go straight into it, because I also enjoy Enemies to Lovers a lot, which is your favorite one. I like it the most in fan fiction, though. Mm. Like, mm. yeah, that ne- it doesn't necessarily come from, like, like, they were enemies to lovers in the show or in the book or in anything. It was that in fan fiction, someone was like, what if we did enemies to lovers? I think the mm. closest you can probably get for me with enemies to lovers is Klaus and Caroline on the Vampire Diaries. Interesting. Okay. Because Klaus was kind of the big bad villain, but he had a soft heart, a soft spot for Caroline. <laughs> okay, wait, this is the other one. The thread of invert your favorite trope. The other one that got me was a really super sweet guy is only really mean to you. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> that reminds me that of was... nice guy TM and I do not like that. <laughs> no, 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 that's not a real trope. That was inverting, inverting oh, yeah. the inverting the like bad boy trope um yeah well basically yeah but uh, yeah i feel like that was more of the bad boy trope except it was Mm kind of like mass murdering bad Mm -hmm, boy mm -hmm. trope but has a heart of gold for the new vampire who like always you know you know like i think that's my closest yeah enemies to lovers that was enemies to lovers in the canon Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i'm trying to think like i think for me a lot of the best enemies to lovers have come from books and i feel bad because young adult ya gets a bad rep because it's written for children it's written for girls like teen girls obviously don't have any intellectual brain cells so we can just write them trash false and sexist many things because i'm trying to think of like other fantasy or sci-fi books that i've read that are really good enemies to lovers and obviously on the spot i've never read a book in my life so i can't (laughs) (laughs) well i think but but what I was saying before is, like, I feel like mainstream media, like, movies, TV shows, mm. and I I mean, you've definitely read more books than I have, so possibly books do a better job of it. Um, what they don't understand with an enemies to lovers isn't that one of them is, it's not about the power dynamics, yeah, enemies to lovers is different from bullies to lovers because they're, the enemies to lovers start on the same footing, usually. Yeah. Well, that's that's what I mean is, like, like for me, like I said, bullies to lovers kind of just, bullies to friends to lovers, however it works out, right, um, is kind of a sub-genre of enemies to lo- lovers, but generally a pure enemies to lovers starts off, like you said, on equal footing, and it's like, um, if it's based in a school setting, it's that they're fighting for valedictorian, not mm-hmm. that, like, one of them is, like, uh, beating them up or something, you know? Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, or if it is a work setting and they're adults, it's that they're, you know, going for the same promotion or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I and I generally think that um, that's what's understood in fan fiction, that it's not mm-hmm. about one of them being, like, absurdly mean to the other and it's usually the guy being like absurdly mean absurdly mean to the other person and or mm-hmm. the other one wo- the woman 
and like basically like putting them down like all the time Mm -hmm. which i know i just said that i really like bullies to lovers but like whatever um but like that's not what it's about it's about them being on equal footing and they're fighting for the same thing and they think the other person is insufferable yeah but because they're so similar minded they're actually Mm -hmm. like really good together and that Mm -hmm. hate is actually something else you know yeah yeah yeah. but i've never seen that done really well on like tv or in movies yeah i'm trying to think if there's any any good examples i can think of on the top of my head um not not off the top of my head the closest i can come and this is the closest we've come is zutara the scene in the end of book two when they're trapped in the cave, I think, is the closest. Because for me, when I think enemy Silvers, I think it's a mutual understanding of where the other person's coming from. They start seeing the other person's humanity as well. That's mm. what changes. And that's what we got in Zutara. And then it's what we didn't get. Ever. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think, but... I, generally, I just don't think it... If Zutara had ended, like, was endgame in Avatar, I think they would have been able to do something like that, where it would have been, mm-hmm. like, kind of a successful enemies to lovers. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I think that's just where you're, again, you're going to find that in fanfic. Yeah, yeah. You're going to find the success of that in fanfic. You're not going to find it mm-hmm. in in mainstream media yeah that's fair because i can't think of a single example yeah it's hard it's hard and like i said the closest thing i could think of was klaus and caroline which could like constitute as enemies to lovers Mm-hmm. but they also never end up it's not end game <laughs> yeah it's more of a will they won't they and they do one time but it was like a release that from my system one time and then never again Oh, that is a staple to enemies to lovers, though. They just do it once, get out of my system, and then they end up together. That, for to me, is a staple of, um, like, a slow burn. Mm. In which they have the one time, which is, uh, like, a mistake or whatever. Yeah. And they're like, it can never happen again, but neither of them can stop thinking about it. But because both of them had mutually agreed that it was a mistake, they don't want to bring it up to the other person. And then it's right. just like 80 chapters of <laughs> they want to be together, but they don't want to be be together because the other person said that they didn't want to be together. Right, right, right. right. Until someone goes, you idiots, and like smashes mm-hmm. their faces together and goes, mm-hmm. go. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good thing. Kind of going back to K-dramas, one of the other one of my favorite ones, and you see this a lot, is the, like, fate, destiny, crossing paths of just, like, I don't know, this incorporates a lot of things, but of just, like, you guys were elementary, like, your first boy, like, first partner, first crush in elementary school, and then you guys went to different high schools, and then you just, like, keep crossing paths until you meet again when you're, like, hired at the same company, and, like, boom, then it just, like... They, they get together and it goes on from there. I think that one's a really fun one. See, when you wrote that down, what I thought of was the classic fanfic trope of your soulmate's first words to you are written on your arm. Oh. Like, or something like that, you know? Like, there there is a That's lot of... a common one? It is common. Oh. 
And that, like, there are all these, like, there <laughs> there are these tropes within that that are just, like, um, you know, it says something ridiculous or... Mm. Uh, there was there was one time on Tumblr something going around about how uh, you know like what if in one of those uh, soulmate soulmates first words written on you was a spoiler for something and you didn't know what it was <laughs> until like you know things happen yeah. so like the the example they did was like oh my god I can't believe Dumbledore died <laughs> like those are the first words that, that they're gonna say that you hear oh. And so it's like years, the quill, no it just like what that shows means. up. Oh, fascinating. I hadn't heard this trope at all. Yeah, no, this is this is like this is kind of like Omegaverse where it like really only exists in <laughs> I mean now Omegaverse does exist in like actual publishing. However, mm-hmm. um it's one of those tropes that kind of only exist in fanfiction. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's like kind of what I was thinking about. Or like um like a soul mark, like you both have uh an identifiable mark that like match oh like something like that you know yeah yeah, um or whatever it's just like you might have like their birthday or a timer which i think like the timer one is literally the timer is more more popular literally based off of a movie that Mm. i think is called timer where like you get it installed (laughs) and Mm -hmm. it clocks it counts down to uh like the day that you're gonna meet your soulmate hmm and then, I'll, but in that one on the day, like it just like it, like just the timer, the timer stops, like right, so that just you go about your day generally, and then when the two of you meet, it like rings. Fascinating, yeah. But that that's like film. a movie. That's actually a movie. Yeah, yeah. That's an um, interesting story. But I'm wondering if it like all spiraled from that movie first. You know. Mm-hmm. Would that would that would make sense? No, I was thinking this one is really popular in K dramas. Pretty much the one that I just described, the scenario I just described mm-hmm. of just like you met, you were your first love in like like real little, like ten elementary school, and like innocent, or you're in high school. Jump cut, jump cut, jump cut, and then you find out like, wait, you were there too, you were there too, and like it's been de- it's been destined. Um, the most popular one that follows this, the one at least the one I've seen recently, is um. Crash Landing on You, the Korean drama on Netflix. If you want some soulmate shit, it's not a spoiler. Every K-drama fan knows that the main couple ends up together. But if you want some K-drama shit, K-drama um, destined soulmate pairing, it's Crash Landing on You. Yeah. And I mean, like, I totally know what that, like, words, um, what that trope is of the, like, they weave through each other's lives and they didn't mm-hmm. really know that the other person was there the entire time, but they were, mm-hmm. like... Mm-hmm. I yeah I get that. Um, it's it's a cute one. Mm-hmm. But like I said, most of my trope, most of like my trope knowledge, <laughs> is within fan fiction. Not that I don't know and can't actively see the tropes within other media mm-hmm. that I'm watching. It's just like right. I actively, like I said, I actively seek out tropes in fan fiction, mm-hmm. whereas other stuff it's more genre. I think for me, the only place I actively seek out tropes is um, anime and books. Because, again, I know what I'm kind of signing up for, and I'm just like, okay, I now I have a base guide of what's going to happen, and I want to see how this person handles, tells this story using this framework. I feel like books in a roundabout way actually do tell you exactly what tropes are about to be laid out for you in the summary. Mm-hmm. In, mm-hmm. in, yeah, in kind of a roundabout way, and definitely more vague than, like, you know, Archive of Our Own would do, you know? 
Right, yeah, yeah. But you can still kind of like, like I'm, I'm starting red, white, and royal blue. It's in enemies to lovers. I, <laughs> Cute. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I've barely started it. I know it's enemies to lovers. Mm-hmm. And I know what goes with that, and I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, so our, our last trope <laughs> is Lily named it moron sexual. No, morosexual. Morosexual. It went around the internet for a little bit. I don't know. I sound like a boomer. But it's like, I'm pretty pretty sure it's made up. It's the sexual attraction specifically to like dumb folk. (laughs) And we were also very like, it's, it's dumb. It's dumb boys. I specifically meant dumb boys. And then I was thinking like, it doesn't have to be. But the dynamic here cannot be misogynistic it can never be the man it can never have the man smarter than the woman that's not fun no it's not fun that's at all. sexist any other playing playing with the genius and a dumbass great great time yeah if it's if it's two men and one is smarter than the other then it works if it's two women and one is smarter than the other it works if it's a man and a woman the man must be s- stupider he must he must he must be he must be the himbo of the relationship it must happen this way um and my number one example of this and i know you're you you are laughing because you know exactly what i'm gonna say no i'm not laughing. i can't wait here we go it's rosalie hale and emmett cullen in twilight duh i did know that we talked about that when we wrote this down literally it's the midnight sun if you read midnight sun you're like Emmett's got some brain cells and you read it and you're like no no <laughs> no um Rosalie has all the brain cells in that relationship and I mm-hmm. think she like lets Emmett have one every once in a while mm-hmm. she lets him think he has one but like <laughs> really really he's just like and and also part of this like himbo himbosity whatever this genius <laughs> and moron <laughs> dynamic and honestly, the other person doesn't even need to be a genius. Just smarter than. Yeah. Um, but part of what, like, is so great... <gasps> Janet and Jason. Sorry. From The Good Place. Oh, duh! <laughs> yes, that is also a morosexual relationship. But, but like, the, the thing that is necessary in the dumb one is kindness. Yeah, heart of gold, totally true person. Like puppy like, dog. Totally good person absolute sweetheart just not a whole lot of lights in the attic exactly maybe one flickers on and off so it needs to be puppy dog it needs to be like yeah very genuinely earnest earnestly dumb person yeah 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 and the other person is just like even just slightly smarter yeah oh janet and jason is a great example janet and jason is the best example so Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. this is like spoilers for the good place if you haven't watched it at all but one of the relationships in that is Janet, who is an all-knowing being, being um, not a girl, <laughs> who literally knows every single fact of the universe. Right. And Jason <laughs> it's from Florida. <laughs> has no brain cells. None. Nothing. Not a one. No. He's... He... I... Like, genuinely, I don't know how anyone could have dealt with him for being yeah. just so dumb. Yeah. 
My favorite thing um, is I watched an interview with that actor and I heard him speak at like a normal speed. And I was like, whoa. Yeah, because Wait Jason speaks like very slow and like, yeah. yo, dog, oh, dip. Like, like it's very yeah. slow. And Just casual, relaxed, no rush, nothing ever is going to bother him. However, he's also the most impulsive person on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The most impulsive. Um, but yeah, no, uh, I can't, why can't I? Jason Mendoza. No, that's his name. What is his name? Manny, Manny Jacinto. P- yeah. Yeah. Manny Jacinto uh, talks at like a normal speed. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> acting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, my other favorite example of this that came to mind is the Chinese drama on Netflix called The Untamed. It's it's gay. And the I two... was about to say, is this the gay one? Oh, yeah, it is. And it's the two main characters. And the thing is, Wei Wuxian, who's the main character, he's not stupid. There are times when he shows he's incredibly smart. But boy, is that man a himbo. Yeah. And it's real important to me that he ends up with the most unhimbo of men. Lan, the character's name is Lan John, and it's just a great journey. It's a great journey. Yeah. Honestly, it's just, it's it's more, I don't know if this is really a trope, more so a dynamic. I think it can be both. Yeah. It can, it can, it can fall into tropes. I don't know, but it's just great. I love seeing it. It's just so fun. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I, sometimes I feel bad comparing the himbo to a puppy dog, but I don't. Um, but we're also going to get more into this next week because next week is all about himbos. Oh, our favorite himbos. I am thinking, before we fo- fully segue out, I can't think of a two two women example. Can you? No, because I mean, there's women also... aren't that stupid. That's true. But also I was going to say there isn't very good um, women loving women representation. No, yeah, that's true. That is also true. I feel like I've seen, <laughs> this sounds really bad, but I feel like I've seen that like, women love and women example more on like tiktok where like people are mm. doing it about themselves yeah cora and asami come close asami's definitely smarter than cora asami or... is definitely smarter than cora cora mm-hmm. is not unintelligent though she's just impulsive she she's is very... impulsive she has that yeah. energy to her she's got the like buff part of it <laughs> can she this be doesn't... a himbo this do... well <laughs> n- maybe no this doesn't in the morosexual um, mm-hmm. uh, realm, the dumb one doesn't necessarily need to be ripped, mm-hmm. but a himbo must be ripped. <laughs> yes. I think the closest women-loving women pair that I can think of is Korosami as a morosexual. Yeah. Yeah. But, but Korra's also not stupid, so I'm going to say no. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to just say I guess no. this is a call from the crowd, I guess. Give us I your know. best... Give us your best morosexual women pairs. Tweet at or us. Queer pairs. Tweet at us. Yeah, it's tell great us. Fun. What it's are great your fun. favorite tropes, guys? Mm-hmm. Uh, let us know. We want to know. Um, but yeah. Next week is himbos. I'm really excited. We're going to be talking about Emmett Cullen again and more people. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to discuss okay. the validity of who is a himbo and who is not based off of a list that we have created. Yes, that sounds great. We'll be with you till the end of the line. You can follow me on Twitter at the Sabrina Pet. You can follow Lily at Lily underscore Rugo. You can follow the podcast at EM Fangirls. And you can check out our website, earthsmightiestfangirls.com. And uh, email us at emfangirls at gmail.com. 
And, uh, you know, we're on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, all those places. It would really help the podcast if you rated us on Apple Podcasts. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it would just, you know, boost us up a bit and get more people yeah. to listen. And please, send us your favorite tropes. Give us examples. We're always looking for fun, good time, wholesome, queer things. Yeah. Send it to us. We will watch a lot of things across many genres, so. Yes, that, that's here. valid. I was going to say anything, and then I was like, no, we won't. Well, I mean, like, <laughs> what I don't watch, Lily will watch. What Lily doesn't watch, I'll watch. Like, I think that's really... Yeah. Between the two of us, we watch a lot <laughs> we'll of cover genres. something. Thank you to Dexter Britton for letting us use their song Wonderland, and thanks to us for editing and producing. 